What's up, sons and daughters? This is Sam Jesse. I'm with Brett Smith. We're from the Locks Saturday. And tonight, Brett, we are going over conference championship week. Crazy. It's already here. It's been a really quick season. We have five great games that we're going to cover tonight. All five power five conference title games. Really, I, I mean, we talk about, oh, should there be four teams, eight teams, 12 teams in the playoff? Whatever it is. It seems like it's all going to come down to this weekend. Yeah, I mean, with the playoff just coming out for recording this on Tuesday night, I mean, you have uh, Georgia, Michigan, TCU, and USC finally cracking the top four. Four with uh, Ohio State and Alabama, five and six, with not controlling their own destiny. So it's going to be really interesting not playing this weekend, what the committee does if TCU, USC – any any of those teams to lose this weekend is going to be interesting to see what the committee does because I think there's going to be some pissed off people even if any of those teams lose uh, if Alabama or Ohio State get in. But we know how that always ends. So It's about brand recognition and marketing, but it's also about who the best teams are. And, you know, I think we have a lot of ACC fans listening to this podcast, and I think it's safe to say the ACC is going to be on the outside looking in this year. Clemson with a loss, a tough loss, good loss, but a tough loss at Notre Dame earlier in this season. And then the rivalry loss at home, breaking the 40 game home win streak, lost to USC East, South Carolina and Shane Beamer. Looks like the ACC is out of the playoff this year. Brett, really quick thoughts. A lot of conference realignment talk, a lot of big picture college football talk. How big is it that the ACC is out of this college football playoff? Uh, I mean, I think it's huge. I think Clemson is the only thing that's kept the ACC relevant in the last, you know, the last probably five to eight years, I'd say. Um, but it seems like Dabo is losing his edge, completely honest, back-to-back seasons, not making the playoff. Um, you know, that's kind of a crazy thing to say. You know, oh, two seasons really didn't make the playoff, you know, like – but for the standard they have been playing, you know, and just the way that they're playing, it's just that they're not playing like they, they're not, I don't know. It doesn't seem like the same team, the same vibe was, you know, five or six years ago. However, um, people weren't talking about this team enough and they've had a good year as Florida State, um, a really good year and some, some really strong wins, you know, nine and three finishing, I think 13th in the college football playoff. You know, I, I think them being able to get back to relevancy is going to help um, Miami, um, I, I don't, I don't know what's happened with them. Well, I do know what's happened with them. It's happened. What's happened the last eight years with them. So, um, them not being able to get back to relevancy at Virginia tech, obviously we've talked about enough, not getting back to relevancy quick enough, uh, NC state. I still don't think they were that good of a team with Devin Lear, even if he gets hurt, I don't think they were getting to 10 wins, maybe not probably not even to nine wins. No. Um, and then UNC off and on, you don't know what you're going to get with them. So, yeah. This is huge not to be in. This is, I'm not going to say it's a nail in the coffin for them, but not shirking a TV deal and not being the playoff is pretty dang close to being on life support. I don't mean to look at this through maroon and orange glasses, but it does feel like for the ACC, Florida State looks like they're riding the ship. Clemson, although they didn't fully get it done this year, is still at that 10 plus win threshold. It does kind of feel like Virginia Tech's the program that needs to step up to save the ACC at this point because we knew going into this new ACC regime, it was going to be Clemson, Florida State, Miami, Virginia Tech, 
and then everyone else. And one of those programs hasn't really done much for a while now. So going to be going to be key for the Hokies to be prominent in the ACC in the yeah, next few you, years. And you need AC, you need Virginia Tech and Miami to battle for the Coastal every year. Yep. That's what Which is not a thing that's anymore. How, that's how it works. Yeah, which won't be a thing anymore. So it'll be really interesting to see what happens. Yep, will be. Well, let's start with the ACC. Clemson, North Carolina. The line is Clemson minus seven and a half over under a 63 and a half. Clemson minus 295 money line. North Carolina plus 245. North Carolina, let's... If we look at the positives with UNC, they're a phenomenal offense when they're clicking. When they're not clicking, it seems like they're a detriment to their own team because they put their defense on the field really quickly. And it looked like in that NC State game, there was just a little too much pressure on the defense as the game went on. Uh, Minus 7.5 in Charlotte. This game will be at 12 p.m. on Saturday. Who do you got? Clemson, well, UNC. First, I just want to say I called NC State being UNC again for the second year in a row at the beginning of the season. <laughs> I said they're going to beat them. So um, that was enjoyable to watch. Even though UNC should have won the game, they still didn't. So a lot of fans of that here in Raleigh. A lot yeah. of fans of that win. Yeah. Um, seems like a rat line, seven and a half. You know, it's Eight, like, seven and a half. Sucks. But I don't think I'd want to play Clemson after uh, what just happened to them, was into the rival. Um, I think they, even though it doesn't really matter for them, I still think they feel like they're going to need to make a statement to keep, you know, being relevant for next year. You know, they pretty, they return pretty much everybody. So um, granted, they probably don't want to return their quarterback. They probably won't. I have a feeling that Klubnik is, uh, will be the starter next year after they return one of them. They do return their quarterback for next year. It's just not DJ. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I'm pretty sold on Clemson on this pick. I just think, UNC really hasn't played a team like to Clemson's caliber besides Notre Dame, but they were playing Notre Dame when Notre Dame was not the team they were, you know, in the last six weeks of the season. And they so, got boat raced. Yeah, like the game wasn't so, close. They were they were outmatched physically. They were outmatched athletically. And yeah, so I'm on Clemson yeah. here. I just think even if Drake May plays a phenomenal game, I just don't think it's enough. And plus that, I mean, it's a huge physical defense. Drake May definitely has not played this year, so. And I don't, I I hope if I were to give advice, it would be not to overreact to a rivalry game. Yeah. And yes, Clemson lost at home, but they lost at home to a South Carolina team. That's probably better than NC state with Ryan Finley or Ben Finley, excuse me, the younger brother of Ryan Finley. Mm-hmm. Um, Yeah. And they lost that game kind of because of weird stuff, like a weird pump return fumble and, a big yeah. touchdown pass. Like the, star, the stars aligned for South Carolina game. And yes, South they Carolina, did. They got better as the season went on. I mean, obviously beating Tennessee. I mean, they were dominating Tennessee even before Hendon Hooker got hurt. But, you know, I think they got – but, yeah, I agree. Yeah, I think that – what was this line a week ago? It was like nine and a half, ten and a half. Like, it was really heavy Clemson. So, uh, I think if you were to bump this to like six and a half for Clemson, I think that's a great play. Just looking at how well Clemson can run the ball, and you you know they aren't good offensively, but they at least have some playmakers. Like Will Shipley has been everything he's been hyped up to be since he was in high school. 
very, very good running back, all-purpose back. Defensively, they're still top-notch. I don't think they're as elite as There's, some of the clubs and defenses we've seen, but they're still the pretty biggest, good. The biggest concern for me is the secondary. Um, They've been pretty I, beat up. Yep. I don't, but I don't think it's going to matter because I think that defensive line with Brian Mercy and um, Jesus, the other guys, the other end, I forgot the, the defensive end, I forgot his name. It, they um, just keep reloading. It doesn't yeah. matter who the name. But, is. I mean, I just I don't think it's going to matter that they're just going to get to Bay enough to where he can't shred them apart. So yeah, uh, some advanced metrics for Clemson: they're 19th in EPA per pass defense, 11th in EPA per rush defense, sixth and third and fourth down success on defense. Uh, overall defensive success rate is 20th in the country. They're they're pretty good. They're not great, but they're pretty good. And I yeah, certainly like, think they're the best defense that UNC has faced so far. Yeah, like I said, like their secondaries are concerned, but they're still 19th in the country in EPA. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like they're <laughs> like this is a 10 and 2 football team. Yeah. And their losses are at Notre Dame and a one point loss to South Carolina, who looks like world beaters right now. Yeah. So it's okay with Clemson. Um I, I'm on the Tigers. I don't love seven and a half, to be honest with you, but if I have to bet seven and a half, give me Clemson. Like, yeah, so, just, I, I think Clemson wins by 10 points. I think that's probably safe. UNC is just so bad at so many things. Like their defense has been playing better and they're still second to last in EPA per pass. Like they're still bad. Yeah, and it's tough. And one thing I, I know we talk about EPA and all during the season, but what that means is like, they give up yardage in the most crucial situations. Like when they shouldn't be giving up yards, they do. Like third and five, they give up six yards. First and 10, they give up six yards. Like they're not a very good situational defensive team. So when we're looking at them playing probably the best team that they've played talent-wise all year in Clemson, I wouldn't trust the narrative of, oh, UNC is getting better on defense they yeah. they haven't really been better on on defense this year. Mm-hmm. So um give me the Tigers in this one. Also Dabo in a championship game situation, maybe not a better coach outside of Saban in the country. Yeah, and like like I said, when I first thing I said is they're they're got to do something to keep themselves relevant after this year um just so people remember what this team looked like at the end of the year going into the following year. So they're not they they don't think their season's over like a lot of teams when they end up not making the playoffs. Clemson will be in the orange britches, which they wear when they can win a championship of any sort. My feeling is they will be hosting the ACC championship trophy in Charlotte next weekend. All right, we're moving east to west. Next one in Atlanta, LSU versus Georgia. This feels like a game. To me, this feels like a game that could get out of hand. Georgia is 17 and a half point favorites in the SEC title game. Over under is 51. LSU money line plus 650. Brett, is it really this? Is it going to be this much of a blowout? 17 and a half? Uh, you know, it's tough. LSU last week, that was, uh, that was rough. You know, people, I, I think that this is my take. LSU's loss last week to Texas A&M probably is a detriment to this game. If they win this game, I think that this game would be a lot closer. But LSU's season is truly over now. They're like lightning in a bottle last back half of the season is truly done. 
Uh, we got to remember this team got absolutely smoked by Tennessee and Tennessee smoked. absolutely smoked by Georgia. Um, yeah, I think I'm on Georgia here. It's I don't like taking big spreads with Georgia because sometimes they can't get points on the board like against Kentucky two weeks ago. So it is tough for me, but I think LSU's defense is honestly not that great um, comparatively to what Kentucky's defense is and compared to what Georgia has played this year. So I think Georgia wins 17 and a half, another rat line just above, <laughs> just above three scores. Just above um, it. So like these guys know what they're doing. Yeah. Especially in championship games. They're always like that. I still think Georgia, I think, I, I think Georgia's going to cover. I think it's going to be a backdoor cover. I think they're going to be up like 14 going into the fourth quarter. LSU's like, we're not dead. We're not dead. We're not dead. And then they score with like six minutes left. Georgia does to win, to go up 21. Yeah, I, I hate 17 and a half, dude. Like, I hate it. Because yeah, if I'm picking money line, it's Georgia all the way. And I think Georgia's going to win this game. But 17 and a half is just such a big number. Like, you rarely see that in conference title games. I think part of what's playing to this is LSU has had a tendency to either show up or not show up in games this year. Mm-hmm. In the games yeah. where they haven't showed up is well, when they've played ahead. tough teams. Yeah. Like they also... go ahead, big game, big game against Tennessee. They just never showed up. Like they didn't look like they wanted to win that game. Tennessee just walked in there and ran all over. Yeah. And I, Bama, I, just, I mean, Bama's I the know. only game. The Bama's the only game I really think that they I felt like they were like vintage LSU. I mean, mm-hmm. perfect scenario at, you know, at least, um, geez, at Death Valley at night, you know, perfect storm. Then the following week, they play a bad Arkansas team and barely squeak by. So, you know, it's kind and of Arkansas's backup quarterback. Yeah. That's what I mean. Still it, it, yeah. It's, I mean, I mean, they got 38 dumped on them by Texas A&M, who's like the one of the worst offenses in the country. Yeah. So, I, I, mean, I just, I yeah. think we might be seeing a trend with Brian Kelly's LSU teams where they will show up 10 out of 14 weeks and the other weeks you're going to see a really bad football team. It's kind like of you're going to see a team that's not ready to play. What in Notre Dame is kind of what was there. Well, but yeah, it was Notre Dame, except instead they were playing Stanford, not, yeah. you know, Alabama. No, or yeah. Freaking Auburn or something like I know LSU won both those games, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah, no, I know what you're saying. I another thing is this LSU team is a bunch of there's a few transfer guys and a bunch of really young guys, so yep. they're just not ready to play Georgia. And and Jaden Daniels is not 100 percent right now. There are major injury issues with Jaden Daniels. He is walking around in a boot right now. Yeah, he he's like the definition of fight or flight quarterback. You know, like you don't know what you're going to get out of him in a, in a ball game. You know, it was just he's. I think I think he was serviceable this year to get LSU to like right the ship after some rocky years. But I think they're going to try to go after another quarterback in the portal this year. Just my take. Yeah, I, I think they're going to have to reload a quarterback. I'm going to go Georgia minus seventeen and a half. I know it's a massive spread, but I just don't see LSU mentally staying in this game for sixty minutes. Yeah, that's what I'm getting at. However, however, on DraftKings Sportsbook, you can bet quarters. LSU plus six and a half for the first quarter. Yeah, Georgia's Georgia not a good first quarter team. Yeah, they usually start out pretty slow. Not a good first quarter team. Like seven to three in the first quarter. Yep, I love LSU plus six and a half first quarter. Yeah, I, that's, so that's, that's, yeah. give me that one. Give me that one. But 
I think at the end of the day, the dogs roll. They're just, they're too good. They're too big. And they're like, defensively, they're so smart. Like they don't make mistakes. Well, they're they're so coach. smart on defense, dude. Their, coach, their head coach is probably the best defensive mind in college football. Yep. And maybe not going to say of all time, but he's up there in the, he's probably on the Mount Rushmore. Yeah. I mean, in terms of getting talent and then developing that talent into good football players, it's he and Saban yeah. right now. Like, that's it. What's up, sons and daughters? Just wanted to tell you that the DraftKings Sportsbook is an official sports betting partner of the NFL, and it's our go-to for betting this NFL holiday season. Right now, customers can bet just $5 on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. So check this out. Right now, everyone can earn up to 100% boost with DraftKings stepped-up same-game parlays. Go to the DraftKings Sportsbook app, place the same-game parlay, combine multiple bets like which team will win, player props, point totals, and more. The more legs you add, the bigger the boost, the bigger your shot to win big. My favorite bet, take some alternates. Take quarterbacks, both of them over 200 yards, both starting running backs over 40 yards, and find a receiver in there take him over 40 yards. So take the big players, take their alternate overs, can find yourself with a winner more times than not. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use code SOS, place a $5 bet on any NFL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SOS. 21 plus in most eligible states, but ages vary by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. Bonus issued as free bets. One boost per eligible game. Opt-in required. 10-plus leg required for 100% boost. Deposit, parlay, and wagering restrictions apply. Terms at sportsbook.com slash football terms. All right, let's move a little bit further west to the Big Ten. Michigan, the Wolverines. That was they look pretty good. That was they look pretty without, good. That was Blake, crazy. Without Blake Corum. Without Blake Corum, without Heisman hopeful Blake Corum, they go into the shoe and absolutely demolish Ohio State. They looked like the better team. They looked better coached. They looked like they had better athletes. Scheme was better. Offensive line and defensive line were better. It was all Michigan. They were just flat out tougher. That's just what it it really came down to. I mean, Ohio State, I think they've been a flashy team all year. Um, They didn't have Trevon Henderson. Granted, I don't think that would have mattered. I I mean, what the guy, what's what's the guy's backing him up? He's on, I think he's almost, he could be better than Henderson um, when it's all said and done. Uh, But there's one thing about the spread and about Purdue. And Jeff Brom, the spoiler makers. They are the spoiler makers. Do I? Th- are they going to win the game? Absolutely not. Sixteen and a half. Um, it's like they know what they're doing. You're right. So it's just inside three scores. If you want to take Purdue, which people want to do in this game, so it's like if they lose by seventeen, you're toast. But uh, taking two, I, I, I'm a big underdog guy um, in spots especially when it comes to betting the spot. Um, I'm betting the spot here just because I think Purdue shows up in big games. Um, Michigan coming off a massive win. I'm not saying it's a letdown spot. I mean, I think they know what's at stake, being in the playoff or whatever. But I'm on 
Purdue here just because I think they can cover, I think they can lose by 14 and it will feel like they lost by 50 just because they can, I think they just, one of their fits, I think they're tough. I mean, they're a tough team. They're oh, a tough wait, team. Hold on. I, I actually, I might back off. Their quarterback's out, isn't he? I just remembered that. Aiden O'Connell is a walking question mark. Like he hasn't been, he hasn't been the guy this season. And I think, I don't think it really matters because even when he was playing, he's not a hundred percent. So I think you can, the idea of Purdue has some elite quarterback playing that will give it to their weapons who they don't really have weapons on the outside since David Bell left. Yeah, I, I think the idea of an elite Purdue offense was a really nice offseason story, and it hasn't come to fruition this year. Okay. I'm actually just switching my pick to Michigan anyway. Just go Michigan, dude. Yeah, I'm just going Michigan. I yeah, because this is what we thought last uh, last year. With Northwestern. And with was Iowa. Two years ago. With Iowa. Two years yeah, ago. Yeah, yeah. Um, it was Iowa and scores 42 to 3. Yeah, I think. This I, is I, what I happens. The Big Ten West is so dead. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at Purdue's. I like. I went back. I couldn't remember what their last few results were. Um, lost to average Wisconsin. Only put up three points against what Iowa. Um, they did beat Illinois, who's not a bad team. Almost like was it a shoot? Not like a tough game with the worst, probably the one of the bottom five power five teams in Northwestern, and then barely beat um, Minnesota. Yeah. without Tanner Moore. Yeah, I, I did just yeah, take that's the play. Michigan, take Michigan. Play. I, I just wanted I just love the spoiler makers. Jeff Brom, he's like he's so he's just a I like I like Jeff Brom, but it's like this was their year to prove and it's like the most disappointing division win of all time. Yeah. Like eight and four in I that honestly, division, like they could have been so much better. I honestly didn't even realize they were in the division until like three, two weeks ago. Well, they yeah. weren't. They weren't because they, they had to win the last three, I think. And they I Illinois. they did. And someone had them over seven and a half wins and they oh, hit it yeah. on the last day. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. Um, some against the spread numbers, Purdue two and four against the spread in their last six, while Michigan quietly over the past two, uh, past season and a half, 12, five and one against the spread. So Michigan kind of a, kind of the people's team right now, 12, five and one yeah. in their last 18. Oh. Um, Purdue also 13 and seven against the spread in their last 20 games while playing as an underdog. So that's kind of the spoiler makers narrative 13 and seven. It's not great, but it's good. Um, also though, Purdue three and 10 against the spread in their last 13 games versus Michigan. Michigan's the play. Michigan's the play on this one. Um, I mean, just, I talked about it last podcast with Robert, but I think we're underplaying how dominant Michigan has been, not only defensively, but offensively. Even without Blake Corum, they can still put up 40-plus against a good, at least metrically good, Ohio State defense. And then defensively, they're elite. Like, I think this might, this is a better Michigan team than we give them credit for. I understand that the quarterback play might not be phenomenal, but this is a pretty darn good Michigan team. So I think they belong in the playoff. I think they're one of the best four teams in the country. And I think this is a blowout. So give me Michigan. Yeah. All right. Let's move on to maybe the most. Well, it's a bummer. Robert isn't with us tonight because he's very heavily invested in this game because Robert bet Kansas state to win the big 12. And here they are. (laughs) 
Well, they that that bet was like dead like five weeks ago, and then all oh, of a sudden, and all of a sudden, it just came back alive. And what's crazy is he's gonna look Kansas, like an absolute galaxy brain, especially if they beat 13, 12 and OTCU. Well, 12 and OTCU just, I mean, it's like they're like a cockroach, dude. They cannot die. Yeah, they are the team I've chased all year to, for teams to beat them and cover the spread, and it just hasn't worked. Iowa State plus 10 last week, the worst bet I've ever placed. A terrible bet on your part. Yeah. TCU minus nine and a half was a lock. Yeah. Against the team. That. Whoa, whoa, Brett, Brett. That was against the team that you and I both bet at the beginning of the year under six and a half wins. That's true. And that's still, they still hit it. I was betting the spot there. I bet the spot against Baylor. I, and I almost took the money line, but I bet the spread and they covered the spread at minus two and a half, but didn't cover, which was crazy and not win the game. So I was betting the spot again just because I was like, I don't know. That was a stupid bet. Sometimes you make stupid bets. The TCU Horn Frogs are nine, two, and one against the spread, according to Odd Sharks right now. Who did they draw? Who did they draw? Who did they, they push against draw? Kansas? It was a seven-point spread. Oh, they won 38-31 against Kansas. Um, lost against the spread to Oklahoma State and Baylor. I I feel like this TCU team, I don't want to say 2019 LSU. But in terms of the inevitability of them winning the game, it feels like 2019 LSU, where it was like, it doesn't matter what you throw at them. It doesn't matter the matchup, doesn't matter the location. They're just going to find a way to win. And that's a sign of, one, a well-coached team, two, an experienced team. And Chris has been saying how experienced they are all year long. And three, it's a team that feels really confident in every single situation. They feel confident when they're winning by a bunch. They feel confident when they're down. They feel confident in a close game. I really love Kansas State this year. I love Deuce Vaughn. I think they're building a great program, but they cannot tackle. They're a poor, poor tackling team, and that's not going to go well against TCU. So I think this is a game where you're getting TCU at not really a pick but pretty close to a pick them. Close enough. Two and a half in a Big 12 game, I think you take TCU. So TCU didn't cover spread already once, being two and a half point favorites. Um, That's not going to happen again. There's no – unless they straight out lose. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I just – I think they're they're like – obviously, they're nothing like the LSU 2019 team, but in the way – No, 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 no. In a way, they are. I mean, it's like a lightning in a bottle season for them. Just nothing can go wrong. They're just well-oiled machine. They're just keep. They just keep winning, even though you're expecting them to lose. I'm not chasing anymore. I'm done. I'm putting up the white flag. I'm taking TCU minus two and a half. Just take TCU, dude. I'm with you. Um, I think if this was a, I'm surprised at this spread. To be honest with you, I thought it would be like six and a half, five and a half, something like that, but. And if it was that, I would think about Kansas State. I think this could be a close game. I think it'd be competitive. But the math just doesn't work out for Kansas State to, to keep it that close. No. Um, and I, I, I watched the – if you watch the game they played against Kansas, they won that game. They won it convincingly. But they defensively really struggled in space. And that's this Kansas State team's kryptonite, I think, is when players can get out in space. And that's something that Sonny Dykes does better than maybe any offensive coach in the country is gets his big players out in space. 
And TCU's defense has been better than what I think people – in the back half of the year, been better than what people thought they were. The beginning, that's what people thought was going to be their their kryptonite was their defense. I mean, they couldn't stop anybody. But They're, they're a very average – in terms of the advanced metrics, they're a pretty average defense. They're 43rd in defensive success rate. They're a average to good defense. Um, Holding Texas to 10 points yeah. was impressive. Yep. So uh, I'm going to go with the Horn Frogs on that one, but I'm sure some of our Locks of Saturday crew members will go with Kansas State. All right, the last one, moving out west, Utah at USC for the Pac-12 title. I feel like an idiot for cashing out Utah to win the Pac-12 at plus 400, Brett, but here we are. After the fourth tiebreaker was brought into effect, the Utah Utes have a shot at another Pac-12 title. But Caleb Williams looks like a god. Yeah. Um, USC's the play here. They're another team that's just... They're a juggernaut, dude. Yeah, and they're hot. Like, they, all year, it's hard, especially East Coast. All I mean, all of the Lock Saturday podcasts on the East Coast, everybody we're friends with is on the East Coast pretty much. And nobody really talks about USC. The media doesn't talk about USC as much as they did, as they do other teams. I mean, granted, back in the, you know, Matt Leinhardt, Reggie Bush days, you know, it was hard not to talk about them. But, you know, the last 10 years, they've been average. And so they kind of got lost in the mix. And I even think this year they got lost in the mix just because um, they they just haven't been on the national stage ever since Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, now Michigan have just taken over. Um, so I personally, I've only watched a couple of USC games late at night if I'm awake or, you know, just flipping through channels. I haven't watched a game. Saturday is the first full football game I watched at Caleb Williams. And holy crap. That yeah. Guy. That's <laughs> what he's been doing all year. Yeah. But that was an impressive doubt. I mean, he I've never seen somebody lock up the Heisman in a single game like just that ever. I mean, I've just, I mean, he, I know somebody who's just like, you know what? I have a chance to win the Heisman. I'm just going to take it. And he did. And he he's, did. I last week with with Robert, I said Patrick Mahomes, like he's that style of quarterback. He makes those throws. He plays the game the same way. Yeah, I understand it's maybe the most lofty comp you can make for a quarterback right now, but the dude is special. Like he's, he's so runner. special. He's a better runner than Mahomes, I think. He's this dude is unreal, yeah. and unlike Mahomes. The players around him are pretty darn good too. I think US. I, I'm a huge. I'm literally wearing a Utah shirt right now just by happenstance. I. It's USC, dude. They're you so good. Be, you should just be proud that Utah somehow got to the game. I am proud. I'm very proud of when, Utah. They cashed over eight and a half wins. I'm very proud of them. And then when that when because that future that future Pac-12 bet was dead like five weeks ago as well. It was and very then, dead. And now we're here. So. And they somehow, I don't understand it still because they lost to Oregon and still somehow Oregon didn't make it to this because game. They, I, well, it's the um, Oregon State, obviously. I mean, something. It's a very weird tiebreaker that they have um, in the Pac 12 this year. But regardless, I, I don't think it matters. Like, mm-hmm. I'm going to look it up right now. I'm gonna I'm gonna look up something spicy right now. Well, what FCS program just won? They just went based on a um, coin flip. The uh, FCS school got to go to the the playoff based off a coin flip. 
Well, I'm not sure. Hold on. I'm going to find it. While you find that, I got to find it. Well, while I find this, uh, USC plus 1,200 to win the national title. Plus 1,200? They have the best quarterback in the country. Plus twelve hundred. Plus twelve hundred. That's pretty good. I mean, that's pretty. They good have lo- they have lower odds than Ohio State. Yeah. Who's not even going to make the thing? I would take that. I would throw, sprinkle some on that. They have the same odds as TCU. I I I think. I look obviously Georgia's at. A. George is an NFL talent level, obviously, but, but Georgia, I need one game because I I think USC. So if USC is the and their defense, USC comes in as the bad. four seed. Georgia's looked. Georgia's had moments this year. Yeah, if they so have I'll, a moment against USC, they're done. I mean, they. When I was about to say they haven't played a quarterback, Caleb Williams, but they played Hendon Hooker. Um, but yeah, they kind of shut down Hendon Hooker, didn't they? Yeah, but but a lot of that, a lot of that, a lot of Tennessee's ability this year, we talked about it, was scheming guys wide open. Like all of Hendon Hooker's touch, Hendon Hooker's touchdowns, excuse me, were just to wide open Jalen Hyatt. Yeah, wide open. USC is making He's play making plays over yeah. and over again. He, uh, it's if they do play Georgia, it'll be super interesting just because. Dude, I think they can even with a win against Utah. A win against Utah is better than a win against Purdue. They might move to the third spot. Yeah, it'll be. Uh, I mean, Utah's better than Kansas State, and they're better than Purdue. And they might be better than LSU if LSU plays like they did. So it could get absolutely crazy this weekend. So it'll be. I don't know. USC. You know what I'm saying? impressed me and i hate it because i'm like not the biggest usc fan i chris Chris will shoot me but i love that college football has a villain program that's good again yeah i I think it's great for the sport yeah like like that's why that's what we were talking about this we had a big discussion and on twitter was a couple like a couple days ago about miami like what made miami so good and so special was they were like the villain program you know yeah that brand is dead. Like, so they're like the loser program now. Yeah. Like the loud loser program. Like, I think college football needs that. Like, Star Wars isn't anything without Darth Vader. Mm-hmm. We need that character in college football. And USC is about to be that. And I, I love it. I, I think it's great for the game. So, USC plus 1200. It's, it's a good value play. We'll put it at that. Yeah. All right. Anything else, Brett, while we wrap this one up? Um I mean it's gonna be a it's gonna be a great weekend for college. Yeah, it is. It's it's a lot can happen still. Like everybody's pretty it seems like they're locked in on the top four should stay the way, even if somebody loses. Committee never does that. So it's no, they're gonna move so, somebody in. Yeah, so it still can be a wild weekend. Um the only team I think is probably um untouchable is georgia even if they lose i don't see them dropping out michigan probably won't drop out but you never know never know a loss to purdue is pretty bad yeah um definitely a loss usc tcu they're out um i think even tcu at three i think a loss i think they're out 
with, especially with Alabama and Ohio State waiting behind. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they're out. Grant, so I don't know. It's going to be a crazy one. Well, we'll be there. Let us know your picks. Hit us up on at Locks of Saturday on Twitter. Brett, sign us out. Go Hokies. It's an echo making cry. Isabella, I'm thinking it through Everything I gotta do 